The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening across the Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we are coming to you on Friday morning, the day after the New York Giants drafted Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. And I'm here with Big Blue Views' Tony Del Genio to, uh, to break it down and to talk about what might happen uh, tonight during round two. Tony, good morning, and uh, how are you? Did you get some sleep last night? <laughs> good morning, Ed. I'm uh, doing fine. I'm uh, not quite awake, even though it's uh, 10.30 in the morning here. <laughs> I, 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 have my, I have my extra cup of coffee, yeah. and, and I'm also mad at myself. And, and you know, because if we... If we weren't actually live on YouTube, and I might do it anyway because my Maryland hat's over in the other room. Ah, I'm I'm a Maryland grad, <laughs> right. and my a terp. my my plan was to to wear the hat today as a prop, and here I am. I forgot I forgot to go get the hat, but anyway, um, but anyway, Deontay Banks, Maryland cornerback, pick twenty fourth overall. Uh, your immediate reaction, your thoughts on uh, on Banks to the Giants. So I love the pick, first of all. I think that the Giants really need another cornerback or needed another cornerback, someone who can start opposite of Dory Jackson. And, of course, beyond the season, we don't even know what the situation with Dory Jackson is going to be. But, but for this season, they need someone else opposite him. Uh, a good cover guy, someone who can play in man coverage, and that's what Deontay Banks is. He's got uh, pretty decent size, a little bit over uh, six feet. He's great in press man coverage. He has his weaknesses in zone uh, at this point in his career, and I think even in off man uh, coverage. Uh, not that much of a ball hawk, and uh, you know, again, the Giants are still looking for somebody who can intercept the ball. I think in that in that secondary, but. Uh, but on the other hand, he's uh, he's very good at breaking up passes. He's physical. He's great in run support. And uh, I would have rather had Devon Withers or Devin uh, Witherspoon. I'm not sure whether it's Devin or Devon. But, uh, you know, you knew Devin Witherspoon was going early in the draft. I was surprised that Christian Gonzalez lasted as, as long as he did. 
And after those two guys, it was down to, to me, it was down to, to Banks and Porter next. I was surprised that Forbes went uh, before either of them. But by the time it got to the Giants, I was saying, well, you know, give me one of those two guys. And obviously they liked Banks better because not, not only did they draft him, but they moved up to get him. And I couldn't be happier. I think the Giants filled a big need with this pick. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing I know some people said, well, what did they trade up for? Why did they move up? And in my in my things, I think column at Big Blue View on Friday morning, what I pointed to is not so distant New York Giants history. I would rather have Joe Shane if he's sitting there at 23 and we're all looking around 20 thinking, None of the wide receivers have been taken yet. So the Giants are in good shape here. They're going to have someone from their preferred list, that cornerback or wide receiver, available to them at at 25. Then all four wide receivers go off the board. Bang, bang, bang. Four picks in a row, they go off the board. So you're sitting there after the Vikings took Jordan Addison at 23, thinking, okay, it's Banks, it's Porter, it's whichever cornerback they like. I mean, there are other guys that had been talked about in that spot as well, but it's probably, it's one of those two guys. And obviously, as you said, the Giants preferred Banks. And, you know, the the Big Blue View rules for draft success say trade down unless there's certain circumstances, unless you have extra picks. And the Giants had extra picks in this spot even though it's just one spot and odds were that the Jaguars weren't taking banks, the giants eliminated the possibility of getting jumped. What did we see in 2016 when the giants very clearly wanted, you know, outside linebacker Leonard Floyd or offensive tackle, Jack Conklin, everybody in the NFL NFL universe knew that and the giants got jumped by not just one, but by two teams at number 10 and wound up with Eli Apple. They wound up scrambling and picking Eli Apple. And obviously that didn't work out. What happened two years ago when everyone believed that the giants in need of a wide receiver were targeting Devonta Smith. They got jumped by the Eagles I would much rather have a general manager be aggressive and go get the one guy that he wants, especially in the first round, because that's where your guys are going to really, you know, that's where you're most likely to get your star player, your difference maker. I'd much rather have him sit and wait or sit or be aggressive than sit and wait and be passive and not get the guy that he wants. So I had no problem with giving up a fifth round pick and basically an inconsequential seventh round pick to, to go get, to go get banks. Uh, I agree completely. I think, you know, if you, if you just look statistically at, at trade downs and ups that the team that trades down usually comes out better than the team that, that trades up statistically. But if you're trading up for a particular player that you, you really feel you want and, and need to have, and you're only trading up a little bit, as you say, they didn't give up a lot, right? Uh, a seventh round pick and a, and a fifth round pick. Uh, 
you also mentioned the Eagles. And what does Howie Roseman do? Two years ago, as you said, he traded up to get Devontae Smith when he knew the Giants wanted him, but he wanted him too. Uh, people did not trade, uh, did not criticize Howie Roseman for that trade up. They thought he was a genius for going up and grabbing Devontae Smith. Look at what happened this year. Howie Roseman traded up again to get Jalen Carter. Everybody said, oh, "Oh, yes, he's a genius. He trades up to get the best player in the draft. You you had to go there, didn't you? You just just had to bring up Howie Roseman and the Eagles and Jalen Carter. You just had to do it. And I was in a good mood this morning. (laughs) (laughs) And the amazing thing about that, actually, right, is that they drafted Jordan Davis last year. And so he's just like, you know, loading up on positions that he wants to load up on. So So the fact is, teams that are doing well, do those things when they feel they need to do them to get a player that they want. And the giants have not done that in a while. And I, I, I think it was, it was a perfectly fine thing for them to do, especially when you hear that they had competition for that, for that pick and, and competition from Dallas of, of all teams for that. pick. Yeah. Well, they, you know, Joe Shane was clear last night that, you know, he said we coveted that player and, if we covet a player the way, you know, the way that they did, you know, our feeling is that we have to believe that someone behind us covets that player as well. Mm-hmm. So they were clear that Banks was the top guy on their board and they went and got him. And, you know, at that point, and, and I applaud that, you know, it's very difficult to move up eight or 10 spots in the middle of round one. You know, they would have had to give up an awful lot of resources, but in reality, they gave up a fifth round pick and they still have a fifth round pick. They gave up a seventh round pick and they still have two seventh round picks. So nobody really wants three seventh round picks. And I'll be honest, I didn't want the giants to have three seventh round picks either because I don't want to work that hard on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And and this is one of the reasons you accumulate draft picks to give yourself some ammunition to make trades like this without, without uh, stripping you of draft resources. And so, you know, he's, he's, he's doing, I think what a good GM should do in order to acquire players that he wants. And, and in particular, you know, you're looking for players who can be difference makers. And I think a player like Deontay Banks can be a difference maker in the secondary for them. I think it can really solidify that uh, defensive backfield for them. And now all of a sudden they're starting to look like they have some depth there between between Jackson now and Banks. And then you have guys like uh, like Flott and, and Aaron Robinson uh, behind them at, at corner. And so, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's looking like you have the type of depth that you need because because secondaries in today's NFL are not just a two starting boundary corners anymore. Right. I mean, you've got you've got the slot corner, you've got dime packages where you're, you're throwing out an extra defensive back and so on. You really need to accumulate as many defensive backs who can play as you can. Absolutely. I have always said that you can never have enough good cornerbacks, especially in the NFL, the way that it is now, guys that you can you guys who can cover because teams are always in four wide receivers, five wide receivers. You've always got tight ends split wide or out in the slot. You've always got you've got more than one or two guys to cover. You've always got four or five guys to cover. 
and NFL offensive coordinators in this day and age are masters at figuring out which guy or guys in the secondary are weaknesses, which guys can be targeted and making sure that they go after those guys at key times. So the more cover guys you can have, the better. And we've talked about it a little bit, but banks with the size, the speed, the athleticism, decent, you know, decent arm length, press man coverage ability. He is the perfect Wink Martindale cornerback. And I said it a year ago. I still believe as good a player as Kayvon Thibodeau is, I still believe that if the New York Jets had not taken Sauce Gardner at number four, I still believe that the Giants would have taken Sauce Gardner at number five because Wink has been clear from day one that cornerbacks are more important to him than pass rushers because he can create pressure. He can't magically out of thin air you know, find guys who can cover one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the, the the proof of that is Wink's reaction to the pick last night that, that the Giants uh, showed on film. He came over and gave uh, Joe Shane this bear hug that I thought I, Joe Shane was going to collapse after all. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to break Joe in half. <laughs> so he was obviously very happy. With- by, by the way, by the way, have you ever seen Wink Martindale without a hat on before? I don't think I've yeah. ever seen Wink without a hat on. No, no. When the when the clip started, I had to say to myself, "Is that Wink Martindale?" And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then I looked at the overall kind of body size and shape, and I say, "Yeah, that's Wink." And, and, when, and when I saw him hugging Shade like that, I said, "Oh, yeah, that's definitely him." So you know what? If that makes Wink happy, I'm all for it because uh, that type of defense needs this type of player to make it work. Absolutely. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Tony, let's, uh, let's spin forward a little bit to, uh, to Friday night. Let's talk a little bit about what's left for the Giants to do specifically on day two. We didn't see well let's let's start here. You know, Chris Flum and Nick Filato put together their best available players for day two. That posted in the wee hours of, of Friday morning. 
So, you know, kudos to them for, for hanging in there and getting that done at that late hour. I posted, you know, my top five guys for day two uh, in my things I think column this morning. So let's let's start with this. Let's talk about your guys for day two, guys you would like to see the Giants target. And who knows, maybe uh, maybe along the way we'll agree on a couple of these guys and, and maybe we'll end up – well, maybe we'll end up in, in an argument. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know about that. I uh, So I, I, I think that the Giants need another receiver. You could, you could argue that they can get away without it, but I think that they need a, another receiver who's a, who's a threat. Then, to me, the only question is – do you grab that in round two or do you wait to till round three? And part of the answer to that depends on the other thing that I think the giants need. And that is a center. And, uh, and I just don't know enough about centers to have an informed opinion, but everything that, that I can see, you know, says that the centers kind of break up into two categories. You have, you have John Michael Schmitz, and uh, Joe Tipman as your kind of one and one a in some order. And I'm not sure what the right order order is. And then you have kind of like all the other guys you have your, your Luke Whipler and you have your uh, Olu Oluwatimi and, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Ricky Stromberg and, and, and so on and so forth. And what I don't know is if you wait for, the other guys, the Stromberg, Whippler, Oluwatimi, etc., crowd, are those guys going to be able to slot in day one and start at center for the Giants? Um, one of the things that that is obvious now is that the Giants' division opponents are very formidable on the defensive line on the and in the interior of the defensive line. And so uh, the Giants really do need somebody at center who can who can do the job. If they think that there's a clear difference between Schmitz and Tippmann on the one hand and then all of the other guys and they decide for that reason that they need to, to go center in round two, even if they feel they need to do another trade up to get w whichever one of those guys they want. I'm fine with that. I just don't know the answer to that. And if it, but if that's the case, then I'd like to see them go wide receiver in round three. I feel like they still need a another linebacker too, but my own gut feeling is that unless a great linebacker just happens to be there in round two or round three, that, that they're better off trying to get center and wide receiver. But again, it depends on the values. And you, I'm not just going to draft uh, one position or the other just to draft one for purely a positional need. You got to have you got to have good value where you're doing it. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, about Tipman and Schmitz and the center position in round two. I think when you you know, if you're sort of doing plug and play, if you're sort of just you know, filling in the board, center feels like an obvious position to target on day two. And you, you've you done a bunch with probabilities, and you've got me hooked now on the ESPN <laughs> analytics draft day predictor and, and draft simulator. And 
one of the things are we didn't see a center come off the board in day one. I don't think we saw any interior offensive linemen come off the board in day one. And as you indicated, there's a big debate between Schmitz and Tipman. And I think it's probably two thirds Schmitz and one third Tipman in terms of who prefers which guy. And I'm a Tipman guy. I've made that clear. I like the athleticism. I like the size. I like the movement skills. You know, I TJ McCrate from uh, 33rd team who scouted in the NFL for more than two decades basically indicated to me that 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 he loves Tipman and he loves Tipman because he sees Jason Kelsey when he watches when he watches Tipman and you know and TJ worked for the Eagles for a lot of years and was part of bringing Kelsey to the Eagles so when he, so that's enough for me <laughs> that's enough for me um I know a lot of people like John Michael Schmitz and there's justification for that as well but uh, we talk going back to talking about probabilities. Just for grins, I looked at the 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 prediction model earlier today, and if the Giants want Schmitz or Tipman, I think it's about forty to forty five percent probability that either one of those guys might be available at fifty seven. And if I'm Joe Shane. And I'm looking at what the Eagles just did, and I'm looking at what the Cowboys did in drafting Mozzie Smith, and the fact that the Commanders already have you know, a quality front seven. I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking that it becomes even more of a priority to make sure that I handle that center position. So I'm not comfortable with sitting at 57 and hoping I want to get up into the thirties, whether I, whether I wind up with a choice of just one of those guys or whether I wind up able to choose both of those guys, I want to get up in the thirties and make sure I get one of those guys. Yeah. And I can imagine them feeling the same way. I mean, the, the giants have strengthened several position groups this off season but the interior offensive line is one area that they have not strengthened. And of course they're, they're counting on some things they are counting on Evan Neal, taking a big leap from, from what he did in, in year one, they're counting on, on, on other guys who were young last year, like a Zudu and, and so on coming back and, and competing for jobs. But of course at center, they drafted, they, uh, they did not bring back the two guys who actually played center for them most of the time last year. And while you have, uh, someone like Ben Bredesen, who might be able to do the job, uh, and even maybe Shane Lemieux, but that Shane Lemieux still hasn't really ever played center in real games. Uh, so th- those are all those are big ifs, and I think you want a- an actual center on your team that with experience to do that, especially in the NFC East. And so I think they have to go and get a center today somewhere. And I think my only question is whether whether they do it in, and go get it in round two or do it in round three. And then that depends totally on what they think of the center crop. And so if they think Schmitz and Tippmann in whatever order are a clear 
uh, upgrade over the guys that, that they would get if they waited until round three, then I'm all for going and get getting them. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying that I do a trade up to get a center. That just sounds weird, but I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Absolutely. The Giants are still in a situation, you know, the Eagles are in a situation where they're trading up and moving around and doing things and because they're already a complete, you know, championship caliber roster. And at this point, Howie Roseman is just having fun saying, hey, I've got these resources and this terrific players available here. And it doesn't matter that I drafted a guy at his spot last year. This guy's just as good. I'm going to go get him. Mm-hmm. The Giants are still in a situation where they're building, where they're filling holes on the roster, where they're trying to, to fill the thing out and, and, and get long-term answers at as many positions as possible. And I understand as I'm as we're doing this, have a comment on on our YouTube channel that the Giants are going to need more than a rookie center to deal with the Eagles offensive line. And I get that. The flip side of that is Tyler Linderbaum had a nice year for the Eagles a year ago. We've seen other rookie centers play really well. And and the point is the Giants have not had more than a stopgap at center since Weston Richburg moved on to the San Francisco 49ers, I think after the 2017 season. It's time to change that. It's time to get a guy you think can be a two-contract guy in the middle of your offensive line. And I, as you said, Tony, that just the way that the way that these teams are stacked in the NFC East, building a wall for that offensive line is, is absolutely critical. So, and the other, the other thing I would, I would add in in the answer to the commenter is that, you know, as much as I hate to say this as a fan, the focus is not actually this year. The focus is the next five years. And I'd agree. And I'd agree with the commenter that, that a rookie center uh, may have a tough time handling the Eagles defensive line this year. It'd be a a learning experience for sure, but you're looking for someone who over the period of a few years is going to really solidify that middle and, and also have the intelligence to do all of the calls and everything like that, that you, that you need to do right. And at the same time, as well as uh, supporting the running game. And so uh, I think you don't do it necessarily with this season in mind, although you cross your fingers and hope that whoever you draft plays well as a, as a rookie. It's more like whether they can grow into the job over the next couple of years and, and be formidable over the longer term. Absolutely, which is what we saw with Andrew Thomas, which is what we hope we see with Evan Neal. It's what we hope we see with a guy like Cordale Flott with a guy like Wandale Robinson that was drafted in the second round a year ago. What you want is for these guys to continue to improve and to be long-term answers as you continue to build and as you continue to get better. And as I said, you hope that some of these guys, as many as possible, turn into uh, second contract core players. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we will see what happens you know, Tony, we, we talked a little bit about wide receiver. I mentioned in my column this morning, I mentioned two players who I really like. Jonathan Mingo out of Old Miss, 6'1", 220, 
player that I don't think the Giants are going to be able to get because I think they're going to have they would have to use a day two pick to get him. And I just don't see it, not with the interior offensive line, you know, needs that that we've been discussing. My day three guy, if he's sitting there as a guy and, and people cringe when I when I bring it up, my day three guy is Tank Dell out of Houston. And and I know Tank Dell's 5'8, 163 pounds. I get it. But uh in case you guys haven't been paying attention, Devontae Smith weighs 170 pounds. Garrett Wilson weighs 170 some odd pounds from the Jets. I think there are a lot of small wide receivers coming into the NFL now and having success. And yes, Tank Dell is a is is a few pounds lighter than, than some of those guys. But when I look at Tank Dell, and I've seen other draft analysts say the same thing. When I look at Tank Dell and when I look at the explosion off the line of scrimmage and his ability to get open and his ability to do things with the football after he catches it, plus his return ability, I look at a guy that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka would love. I look at a guy that has, yeah, I wish he was 10 pounds heavier but and two inches taller or 15 pounds heavier and two inches taller. But I look at a guy with the perfect skill set for a Dable Kafka Giants offense. I'm curious for your thoughts on that and maybe your thoughts on a, on one or two, you know, day three wide receivers you would really like to see the Giants go get or not day three, round three. Round three. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that a lot depends on where Dable and Kafka imagine the, a receiver that they draft playing. And so if you see Tank Dell as purely a slot receiver, then uh, my question is, okay, how are the snaps going to be shared between Tank Dell and Wandale Robinson? And uh, never mind other players like Sterling Shepard who, who are back on, on the Giants. And so are they just loading up with slot receivers or not? Um, the question is, can you play Tank Dell on the outside? So uh, uh, Matt Waldman in his rookie scouting portfolio thinks that Tank Dell can play on the outside also. Uh, at the flanker position or what used to be called the flanker position, the, the Z receiver. And if he can do that, and as you say, I mean, his strength is that he gets open. <laughs> he, the guy knows how to get open. He has great moves coming off the line of scrimmage, especially to get open. And so if Kafka and Dable see Dell as a, as a guy who can, who can play at that flanker position, then I'm fine with it. If they don't see him that way, then I feel like they should go in a different direction in round three with guys who might be available. Then um, you have guys like uh, uh, Cedric Tillman, who is a nice looking uh, player who uh, Waldman is high on and thinks he he's, he's going to have a good NFL career. I also wonder about dark horses like Kayshawn Boot. Uh, that was a guy who was he was all the rage a year ago coming into the previous season, and it looked like he might be somebody who would go in round one. And then all of a sudden, he got into Chip Kelly's offense, and he just kind of 
disappeared and did and did nothing that year and i'm and i'm and i'm wondering and i think he had injuries too and so on and i, I just wonder about this guy as this guy dropped so far down draft boards that he might be a real value not even necessarily in round three but maybe even coming back tomorrow in round four if you want to grab somebody who who was thought so highly of a year ago and then and now all of a sudden nobody thinks high seems to think highly of anymore uh that's another guy that that waldman seems to seems to like more than, than the rest of of the group does uh the other guy that that you know if you want to go small is is josh downs who's still on the board and he's another guy who was considered to be an early day two candidate uh and uh i'm not sure how long he'll last before he gets off the board and so you've got all of those people you got tyler scott too is another uh possibility i i'd like to not see them take anyone that is not actually a good receiver i'd like to see them take a player who has pretty reasonable hands and who knows how to play wide receiver and, and get open and so I think they've shown that they can make do without big guys. And the fact is they do have big guys in Isaiah Hodgins and now Darren Waller. And so it's not like they're devoid of big guys. And so if they decide to go small, I'm fine with it. It's interesting. You know, you talked about slot versus outside and all of that. And, and I understand it, but I don't worry about it maybe as much as I would have five years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. Because what we're seeing in the NFL now is so much pre-snap movement. You can, you can move guys across formations. You can do orbit motions and swing guys out of the backfield. You can, we see so many two by two sets now with basically two slot receivers on, you know, one on each side, we see three by one bunch formations, which give guys free releases. And that's Mike Tannenbaum from the 33rd team, former Jets GM, was talking about that the other day. And he said, that's one of the reasons why people aren't shying away from the small guys anymore, because there's so much of the, uh, the passing game now is designed to, to, to not allow this, this, you know, bump and run or press coverage. So, so I, I think that, you know, offenses are learning how to nullify some of that. So I, I think it's less important. I certainly understand that it sure is nice to have to have the big guy that can win you the 50-50 ball every, every so often. Uh, Tony, last thing um, before, we, before we call it a day, we've talked a lot about interior offensive line. We've talked a lot about wide receiver. But there are other positions on the football field, obviously. And you don't just say, well, we're definitely taking a center in round two and and the Giants are definitely taking a wide receiver in round three. Um, if there's a curveball or another player you think the Giants might might go after or something something different you either foresee the Giants doing or might like to see the Giants do, you have anything in the back of your mind uh, that that uh, that appeals to you? Well, the I think there's this other kind of low key need that the Giants have, and that is at the edge position. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm happy with their starting edge players, but once you get beyond the starters, the question is, okay, well, who else do you have 
backing them up. Looks like O'Shane Zimenez is not coming back. They have not re-signed him. Uh, Ellerson Smith is still there, but of course he's had trouble getting onto the field in his in his two years, and maybe this will be the year that he finally does it. Uh, they brought back Jihad Ward, who who I think has played well uh, for them on the uh, on the outside. But I really feel like they need to add another player at that position with some pass rush potential. And so would they do it today? Maybe it's possible. It's possible. Uh, you, you've got a guy like um, Keon White, Derek Hall, players who are thought to be second, third round values. Byron uh, Young's uh, another one. Byron Young, see. yeah, uh-huh, right, is, an, is another guy. And Byron Young is a little farther down, uh, I think, on the priority list than some people. And so he might be somebody you could reasonably expect to be sitting there in, in round three. You know, or do they wait until tomorrow and go for an edge in, in round four or five with somebody like uh, Viliami Fahoko or somebody like that. Um, at some point, I want them to draft another off-ball linebacker. And the question is, if they do wind up going center and wide receiver in some order today, then when are they going to deal with that other linebacker position? I mean, you could say, oh, let's, let's not worry about off-ball linebacker. Uh, we, we have now... Okereke covering one of the positions and, and between uh, Darian Beavers and uh, uh, Jared Davis and, and Micah McFadden, somehow they'll work out the other off-ball linebacker. But I'd sure like to see another option there uh, out of the draft at, at off-ball linebacker. I still, though, feel that maybe right now edge is the is the more important uh, position. I, I think de uh, interior defensive line, I now that they've uh, gotten a Sean Robinson and, and they got uh, 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 Nunez Rochus, I feel like they don't need to, to do that. I mean, it never hurts to pile up in the, uh, at the, uh, at IDL, but, but with a finite number of draft picks, I think I might be more inclined to, to see them, see them go uh, edge or, or off ball linebacker and whether they surprise us by doing that today or do that early tomorrow, I expect to see that sometime. One of the guys that I love who you'd have to take in round two if he was available is Drew Sanders, the the linebacker out of Arkansas. I I at times have mocked him to the Giants early in the process when I was doing mock drafts. I had given him to the Giants at 25 a couple of times. And I just – I look at Sanders and I think – you know, off-ball linebacker can do a lot of things. Can can pass rush. Can slide out to the edge on occasion. Although I really don't think he's a full-time NFL edge. I think he gives you some flex to to go out there. I just don't think, in the current circumstance that the Giants are in, I think Sanders almost feels like more of a luxury. Yeah. And, you know, as as much as I think Wink Martindale would love to have this kid you know i think he could do a lot of things with with a guy with with the multiple skill set that sanders has i think that feels like a luxury and if you can if you can do something with the interior of that offensive line on day two i think you just absolutely have to do it yeah and i did a uh, a mock draft uh that that 
uh, was published on Big Blue View, I guess it was about almost a week ago, uh, where I, I proposed a, what I called sensible approach to the draft to try to marry need with, with value. And actually, I got, I got pick number one, Deontay Banks, right, although he was at 25 in my draft, not 24. Uh, but my second pick was Drew Sanders round two. So, uh, so, I mean, I agree with you. He'd be a nice addition to the Giants. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you in thinking that, that right now off-ball linebacker can't be their highest priority. And again, it all depends on who drops to them at number right. 57 if they right. don't move up to go grab someone and if if they don't mm -hmm. move up and drew sanders is there at number 57 well that's a hard guy you to know, pass up at, at if, if both centers are gone and sanders is sitting there then yeah. you then you think about it but yeah yeah but i think that you know and that's how we talk about value ver you know we talk about need value all those things you you have to see how the board shakes out Tony, I think that that's probably a good spot for us to end. So uh, we will uh, anxiously await uh, whatever trader Joe Shane does tonight and see what uh, see what what the Giants come out with in uh, in day two of the draft. So Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.